The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is Sunday night, March 5th. Um, I have a busy travel week for work ahead of me, so I wanted to get an episode in after the back-to-back this weekend. Friday, Saturday, the Hawks took on the Trailblazers here in Atlanta. Friday night got a very dominating win against Dame Lillard in the Portland Trailblazers at the State Farm Arena. So that was a really good win, really good team win for the Hawks, a career-high 41 points from DeJounte Murray. And then he also got some help for some other guys. And pretty much behind a third quarter, that was great, great offensively. And it was really behind a strong third quarter showing. I mean, the Hawks got out to... In a, a 12-point lead in the first quarter. And they went in a half with a lead. And then 38 points to 27 points in the third quarter. The Hawks really extended the lead out. Um, Portland did win the fourth quarter. But by then it was too little too late. Uh, a couple runs here and there that the Hawks really put the nail in the coffin. And they learned to put teams away. And not let the Portland Trailblazers come back on them. And they got revenge on the game earlier this season where um, no Trey Young, but DeJounte Murray had another career game against Dame Lillard, and they battled back and forth. He and Dame battled back and forth again, but not as much help on the uh, Portland Trailblazers side of things, and the Hawks were able to get that win on Friday, and then Saturday they did play a back-to-back. They had to travel down to Miami, and they did lose that game. In Miami, they tried making it interesting down the stretch, uh, but they really got behind the eight ball in the second quarter and had to play catch up the entire second half. But it was just a little too late by that point. Ended up losing by eight, 117, 109. Was not a great offensive showing um, in totality for the Hawks. Uh, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, after both having really good games on Friday night, well, great game for. Actually, really good games for both of them. I'm not going to take away anything because the third quarter in the Friday night's contest for Trey Young was him knocking down a lot of threes and really putting some distance between the Hawks and the Trail Blazers. Uh, so definitely have to tip my hat to both of them how they played offensively Friday night. Uh, 11 rebounds to go with the 23 points for Trey Young Friday night. Uh, took care of the ball, four turnovers to 11 assists. I'll take that. That's a really good assistant turnover ratio. He also had seven rebounds, so he was on triple-double watch and did add two steals, and he's been really active on the defensive end as of late. So a really good game from your two guards Friday night, and we're going to talk about everybody else here in a bit. Saturday night was a different story. Um, the Hawks. Their two backcourt players just did not get it done. Just did not get it done. 
Uh, the lowest point total for Trey Young in a, in a couple years. He only scored eight points. He was two of 13 from the floor. DeJounte Murray had 10 points, so only two points better than Trey. And he was three of 14 from the floor. So when your two starting backcourt players combine for five for 27, you're not going to win. You're, you're not going to win. Um, I mean, Trey didn't even get in double digits. Uh, he did have 10 assists on Saturday night, which was good. Four rebounds, uh, five steals, which has to be close to a career high from him. Um, so he's been, like I said, he's been real active on the defensive end, getting steals um, and jumping in passing lanes as of late. Uh, but just they just couldn't put it together offensively on Saturday night. And like I said, 18 points combined from Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Not going to win those games. And you got really good bench production that game. I mean, you had Sadiq Bey with 22. You had Okongu with 15 off the bench. Bogey had 13 in a solid game from him shooting, especially 3 of 5 from the three-point line. Uh, so that really just came down to they really got behind the eight ball in the second quarter and pretty much had to play catch-up the rest of the game. Uh, the Hawks did turn the ball over more than they – are accustomed to 16 turnovers, led to 19 points for the Miami Heat. But they did force 20 turnovers of the Miami Heat. So it, it wasn't like the Hawks just got beat down and Miami scored a ton of points and we couldn't get it done offensively. The Hawks fought, especially that second half. I mean, they went on some runs that really made you think they could come back and do this. And it was definitely a game. I mean, when you look at Portland, Quinn Snyder has been, you know, he's been in the same division as Portland for several years when he was in Utah. Very familiar with them. And they had several days off going into that Portland game. And they had a really good game plan. And they executed the game plan on both ends of the floor. Um, they showed clips of him talking in the locker room. Uh, he really impressed upon their Really good offense was going to be their defense. Uh, if they're really good in the offensive end, it's going to translate on a defensive end, um, which I know normally I like the opposite, but it's clear that he spent time after that loss to Washington to really watch film, devise a game plan, look at things, make some tweaks, and say, hey, we're going to go out there and this is the plan of attack and everyone seems to be bought in right now, um, which is great, is what you need, especially if you're going to make a push. And Friday night they did that. Saturday it was just it was just tough sledding. Maybe it was the second out of a back-to-back -back that you can attribute it to. Um, maybe you can attribute it to, you know, the Heat playing the night prior and losing against the New York Knicks and really wanted to get their get back on a second out of a back-to-back. -back. But the only positive thing is, besides obviously your bench production, and you had uh, DeAndre Hunter, who's been getting the rhythm the last few games, um, after really starting slow out of the gate after All-Star break, he's been playing better. Uh, you had a really solid game from Capella. Uh, your front court players played very well. Um, as far as your centers go, Okongwu and uh, Capella. John Collins is still kind of lost in translation. 
Um, I mean, that, that that's a, uh, I think it's too far gone, I would think. I, I like seeing John Collins produce. Um, I like when he has great games, but I think at this point, the even though they didn't get a trade done at the trade deadline, uh, the writing is on the wall, and I think that John Collins is probably on his way out this offseason. Uh, just has not played great, has not been utilized as well. Uh, they just relegate him to catch and shoot. And I'll be frank, what John Collins does defensively definitely gets underappreciated by a lot of Hawks fans. He's a really solid defender. He has gotten better and better and better as he's gotten in the league. And I don't think he gets enough credit on that side of the ball. But with the play of Sadiq Bey, who, like I said, I will say I was really quick to say I did not like to trade. Uh, it's still early to for me to give a verdict on it because I know that John Collins is a better defensive player than Sadiq Bey. But Sadiq Bey is a better shooter than John Collins. And... If Quinn Snyder is pushing the agenda of great offense is a great defense mentality with this team, which in hindsight is due to personnel. He knows that he may not have some of the best defensive players on this team right now, and that's what this offseason is going to be about, maybe balancing the team out more so offensively and defensively. But at this point... You might consider bringing John Collins off the bench and playing Sadiq Bay for floor spacing purposes to start games. I mean, I've had some conversations with some high-level basketball minds, and I haven't heard anything close to the team saying that that may be a solution or an alternative that the Hawks can look at, but I think that's something that they may consider. And I'm, I, you know me, I don't try to be brash as far as making, you know, judgments and stuff. But who knows? I mean, that may be something to look at. Um, but certainly, he's had a real tough go out of it lately. Um, but right now, your your Hawks are. Back at 500 after losing the two games this weekend. They obviously have an opportunity uh, tomorrow night in Miami to get their get back before. And obviously, like I said, I won't be recording during the week until I get back Friday. They're going to see the Washington Wizards once uh, prior to uh, probably twice. I probably won't be able to record until after that um, that second Washington Wizards contest. Um, and so that's where the Hawks will go. They're going to travel from Miami up to the DMV, and they'll be there for a few days as they'll play the Washington Wizards twice in three days, just like they're doing here in Miami. So a lot of Southeast Division opponents right now that the Hawks are playing. And right now, Quinn Snyder since at 1-2. and two, And like I said, the Hawks are at 500 now. They're eighth in the Eastern Conference after dropping the contest to Miami. Uh, like I said, but they do have a chance to get their get back. Offensively, the Hawks have been getting better. Right now, they are 10th in offensive rating in the NBA. Defense is going the other direction. They're 21st in defensive rating in the NBA. 
And like I said, that is still the Achilles heel of this Hawks team. Now, they haven't been bad defensively the last few games, in my opinion, but it's still something that needs to be harped on and focused on. Um, and maybe, like I said, the Sadiq Bay John Collins swap doesn't help out, but maybe, maybe you need to look at doing something, something different um, with with John Collins, um, even if he is potentially on his way out. Um, but I'm not going to fret about them losing Saturday night to Miami, especially like I said, second out of a back to back. Really, really tried to put a really strong rally attempt in the second half uh, with some really good runs, especially for some bench players. Like I said, you didn't get anything hardly from DeJounte Murray or Trey Young. So to have DeAndre Hunter, who's been playing a lot better, 17 points in the last two games, respectively, uh, for him. And obviously what you've been getting off the bench from Bogey, what you've been getting from Sadiq Bey, Okongwu, uh, Jalen Johnson's been getting more minutes, and we've seen flashes all year. Um, but as we've seen, Quinn Snyder definitely says that he likes a tighter rotation and that that last guy in a rotation, some nights it'll be Jalen Johnson, some nights it'll be A.J. Griffin. Uh, and... That may be to the dismay of Hawks fans, but a lot of Hawks fans who were clamoring for Nate to be out are willing to say, hey, we'll listen to uh, Quinn Snyder at this point. Um, so we'll see as far as their development. And maybe he'll have more of an impact this offseason, not having the pressure of coaching games and maybe spend some time around the team and have some guys hang around Atlanta at the facility and really put a plan together for their development of what he sees and how they fit into this team uh, outside of the moves being made. Um, so this weekend, like I said, you split the week, uh, back-to-back. That's always a win in my book. Um, I, I would have loved to get that win against Miami uh, to try to you know make it more interesting, get closer to seven. But you still have another shot tomorrow night against them. So I'm not going to harp too much on them. Uh, so when we come back, I will dive a little bit into the numbers from the last two games. Look ahead uh, to the week a little bit. But first, this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues. In every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon. Ash Ketchum had Gary, and I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskies 150. And you probably turn those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information 
or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. Like I said, Hawks split this weekend. Obviously, when you think of the Portland Trailblazers, think about Damian Lillard. But it was a return to Atlanta game for Cam Reddish, who had a really good game on Friday night. He definitely wanted to prove the Atlanta front office that, you know what, he is still alive, still kicking and playing well. He actually is playing really well up in Portland right now. Um, he had 25 points, 9 of 17 from the floor, 4 of 9 from 3, added 3 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks. So, really had a really good game. Uh, like I say, he's been playing well since he's been in Portland. Um, I really like the aggressiveness that John C. Billa seems to, in the confidence that he seems to instill into Cam Reddish being in the starting lineup for this Portland Trailblazers team that's kind of in no man's land. Has some talent, has, you know, some decisions to make this offseason. And certainly I think they may be getting another star to play alongside of Dam uh, Damian Lillard. Maybe it's Zach Levine, who knows? Uh, maybe it's Beal. Um, just speculating here, but like I said, Cam Reddish is trying to carve out a spot on that roster. Um, and he had a, he had a really good game. You know, Dame Lillard, I thought defense was pretty solid on Dame for the most part. I mean, you can't stop him completely. You can only hope to contain him. He had 33 points on 21 shots. Uh, so below 50% from the floor, that's a win. Five of 11 from three. Obviously, he made five threes, but he's under 50% from three. That's a win because, you know, certainly Dame can fill it up with the best of them. And outside of, you know, Cam Reddish and Dame, they really didn't get a lot of help from anybody else. Uh, Thibault, eight points, five rebounds, two assists, four steals, one block. Uh, but, I mean, it didn't help because the Hawks scored 129 points. Grant only had 14, so not a lot of help. I mean, as a team, Portland shot... 47% from the floor. That's not terrible. 33% from three. Uh, when you look at the numbers, the Hawks shot very well from the floor. Uh, kind of looks like the first two games of post-All-Star break. They shot over 55%. Again, 57% from the floor Friday night. 46% from three. 12 of 26 there. Uh, Out-rebounded. Um, the Trailblazers, they move the ball very well all night long. 30 team assists, which I love seeing the assist numbers high. The closer to 30, the more likely the Hawks are to win the game. And that was definitely the case on Friday night. Uh, 17 turnovers. Uh, turnovers have been really high. But obviously, coaching turnover, we're going to you know give them some grace there. Uh, one points in the paint by four. Lost uh, fast break points. Uh, but all in all, they... Took care of business on Friday night. Like I said, big third quarter. Um, that really was the separator um, in that game. And pretty much the Trailblazers just could not come back after that punch they took in the third quarter. Um, on the Hawks side of things, as I said, career high in points for DeJounte Murray. 41 points, 
7 of 22 from the floor, hit all five of his threes. He was 2 of 2 from the free throw line, added 6 assists, 5 rebounds, 1 steal, plus 11 in the plus minus. Trey Young had the highest plus minus on the team, plus 25, 23 points as I said before, 11 assists, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, like I said at the top of the program. He was 6 of 14 from the floor, just below 50%, but not bad shooting percentage there. 3 of 5 from 3, over 50%, you're going to take that. And hit all eight of his free throw attempts on Friday night. 11 points for Capella. He added 12 rebounds, so another double-double from him. Three assists, one steal, one block. 17 from Hunter. He was 7 of 14 from the floor, uh, 2 of 4 from the three-point line. So 50% from the floor and from the three-point line, which is great. Four rebounds from him. Six points from Collins, added three rebounds, one block. Off the bench, Okonku gave him seven points, three steals, four rebounds, and a block. Um, Sadiq Bay, seven points off the bench from him. Eight points for Jalen Johnson, four rebounds, four assists, and a steal. He had a really good game off the bench. Played 22 minutes, so it was really good to see the minutes there. Um, but in that caveat, like I said before, per Quinn Snyder, Jalen Johnson and A.J. Griffin are interchangeable in their minutes. So when one gets a lot of minutes, the other won't see a lot. So 22 minutes on Friday night from Jalen Johnson, just two minutes for A.J. Griffin. So not really an impact from Griffin, but it's always good to see Jalen Johnson have his sparks in his games and his moments, especially because they're far and few between throughout the season. Uh, seven points for Bogey. He was three of nine from the floor, not the best. One of five from three. Um, and two points from Aaron Holiday, who has not been playing as much since the start of the All-Star break. But they did deep a little bit into the bench because of the score of the game, because they dominated. And um, it'll be interesting to see going forward how they handle Johnson and Griffin and who Quinn Sonata takes a liking to more. We know what Griffin can do, uh, but I really think that depends on them moving bogey this offseason, um, if it does happen. It depends on how Quinn Snyder in the front office who will be, you know, working to decide how this roster is going to look next season with a full year ahead for Quinn Snyder and whoever is on his Atlanta Hawks roster to start of the 2023-2024 NBA season. So, like I said, dominating win on Friday. Like I said, tough sledding, but valiant effort in the fourth quarter from the Hawks. Uh Yesterday against the Heat, uh, the Heat shot just a smidge over 50% from the floor. Hawks shot just under 47%, so not bad. 37% uh, from three for the Heat, 30% from three for the Hawks, so the lowest three-point shooting percentage since the start of the All-Star break for the Hawks. Uh, nine of 30 from the three-point line. Uh, they did get to the free-throw line, did shoot well from the free-throw line, uh, so they did help a little bit. Uh, they did lose the rebounding margin by six. Uh, 31 team assists from the Heat. So they, they're just known for really good ball movement uh, compared to 22 for the Hawks. So not as many assists as I would like to see. They can get away with it sometimes depending on who they're playing. But ball movement is key uh, when you're going against the Miami Heat who are a really good defensive team. Uh, 12 steals from the Hawks. That has to be one of the highest totals of the season for them. Hawks lost the fast break points and points in the paint. And there were 
more fouls called on the Hawks than the Heat. Um, even though free throw um, discrepancy was in favor of the Hawks, um, people can take that for what it is. The Hawks only led as many as four points in the game. Heat led as many as 21. So for them to lose by eight, like I said earlier, spoke to how they played in the second half and really tried to claw their way back into the game after really getting hit in the mouth uh, in that second quarter. Looking at the individual stats, I already talked about Trey and DeJounte Murray, so I'm not going to get too much into their numbers. But again, DeAndre Hunter, 17 points. He continues to play better and better as they get further away from All-Star break. Um, it, it almost looked like he was kind of lost in the shuffle as well. And I didn't want to attribute what I said to John Collins to DeAndre Hunter because clearly they extended him. They like what they're getting from DeAndre Hunter, and he's one of the better defenders on the team. Uh, but like I said, 6-10 from the floor uh, last night. 1-4 uh, from 3, but hit all four of his free throw attempts. Three rebounds, two assists. And out of the starters, he had the second highest plus minus. Trey Young actually had the highest plus minus out of starters. Uh, but he was negative one in that regard. Like I said, John Collins is a non-factor. Three points from him. Capella with another double-double. 16 points, 13 rebounds, and one block, one steal from Capella. Played really well. I mean, he normally competes hard when he goes against the Miami Heat just because he who's on the other side of the floor. Bam Adebayo, who had a really good game himself. Like I said, Trey Young, 8 points, 10 assists. Four rebounds, five steals uh, from him. Murray finished with 10 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals. Seven turnovers combined from Trey Young and Murray, which is not terrible. Uh, but, I mean, like I said at the top of the program, five for 27 is not going to cut it when you need a win, uh, especially against a team in the Miami Heat who play well at home, 20-12 and 12 at home now after that win last night. Uh, off the bench, Okongo with 15 points, four rebounds, uh, 22 for Sadiq Bay. He had four three-pointers. He was 4-4 four four from the free throw line, so a really good game from Sadiq Bay. Uh, Jalen Johnson got 16 minutes last night, five points, four rebounds, two assists. Um, and then Bogey, as I said before, 13 points off the bench from him. For the Miami Heat, it was Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. 30 for Bam Adebayo, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Tyler Hero with 20 points. He was 8 of 21 from the floor. It's not the most efficient. Definitely not efficient from 3. 3 of 9, but hit 3 threes. Added 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Jimmy Butler with almost a triple-double, 15 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals from him. Vintage uh, Jimmy Butler type of night. Kevin Love added six points. He had two of his threes in the first half, uh, first quarter to be exact, and really just rebounded the ball. Was just didn't play a ton of minutes, eighteen minutes, uh, one of the lower minutes uh, for the Heat that night. Nine from Gabe Vincent, who was rounded out the starting lineup for Miami. Fifteen off the bench for the one of the Martin twins. Thirteen off the bench for Cody Zeller, which is a name I have not heard in a while. But like I said. I'm not really harping about this game. The Hawks would like to split their trip in Miami tomorrow night. That will be on NBA TV and as well as obviously Valley Sports Southeast here uh, locally. But 
you win tomorrow, you split the season series against Miami, which will be great as far as just keeping it close and keeping those who are behind you, the Raptors and the Wizards, uh, when you talk about the Eastern Conference standings, just continue to give you a little bit of breathing room because they're breathing down your neck. You will have a chance to push the Wizards a little bit further down in the standings um, later this week as you're going to see them twice. So that would be really crucial for the Hawks to get two wins. And like I said, take the season series, um, lead 2-1 to one over them, and then you got to see them one more time here in Atlanta in a couple of weeks here so. If you can win, it, it, let's say, if the Hawks go to, to the next time I record, they go two and one. They beat they beat Miami. They split in Washington. A solid week. That's a solid week because you got to see the Celtics on Saturday on a second out of a back to back. That's gonna be tough. So it's really about, and and, and I'm not saying like. I'm scared of the Celtics. I don't want to see them in a seven-game series, but they do look vulnerable now. They've lost two straight um, teams who are physical, give the Celtics some problems. Um, obviously, that's not the Hawks' forte, um, So, they're, but they're going to have to play physical on, on Saturday to make things interesting. But taking it a game at a time, that's all Quinn Snyder is focused on, improving, learning more about this team, making adjustments game to game. And try to play your best basketball leading into the play-in. That's that's the goal. Play your best basketball leading to the play-in. Like I said, it's going to take time. Um, he's one and two. That's arbitrary at this point. You come in at a tough point in the season. Uh, this team and this organization has a lot going on. Uh, Tony Ressler said he did the crowd control PR um, article saying that, oh, everybody's on one accord, all that. That is garbage. Um, he's just saying that to save his own ass. Um, excuse my French. But um, and he, but you're supposed to say that as, as the owner. You're supposed to say that. So no fault there. But basically, Quinn Snyder stepped into a situation in Atlanta that has a lot of things and extracurricular activity going on. So... It's a lot for him to work with at this point in the season. Um, but the good thing is his team is locked in on him. And I would love to see what adjustments they make going into tomorrow night's game against Miami. And then the adjustments that Quinn Snyder will make seeing this, the Washington Wizards in a matter of two weeks, within two weeks, a second and third time to get your get back and what adjustments he makes from just sitting in more so observing, letting, you know, Prunty and London Barty do their thing, uh, the assistant coaches who have been here in Atlanta. Uh, but now that he's, you know, putting more of his imprint on the game, what changes he'll make going against the Wizards twice. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see. And, hell, I would love to come back on the program and the Hawks go 3-0, and 3-0. and They, you know, sweep the two games in Washington – and split the season series, well, split the season series, but this two-game series against Miami, and now you're feeling a little bit better going against Boston on Saturday, which I'll be back and be able to preview that game and recap the week of what happened with the Atlanta Hawks. So, like I said, the sky's not falling. 
But certainly you got to continue to keep pace with everybody in the Eastern Conference. As I said, when you look at the standings, it's tight. It is tight in the East right now. Like I said, the Hawks are sitting at 8th at 500 right now. Right now, the Raptors, who are hot on their heels right now, uh, they're 7-3 and three in the last 10 games. The Raptors are only a half game behind the Hawks, so you really cannot afford to drop that contest tomorrow night against Miami and risk dropping down to ninth, ninth in the East. You, you, you can't risk that. Uh, so they're going to certainly have to play really, really well tomorrow night to avoid that. And right now, with the Hawks at eight, the Wizards are two games behind them. Um, so certainly, if you can take care of business in Washington, move them further back, put some distance between you and Toronto, like I said, who's playing really good basketball, and keep pace with the Miami Heat, be in striking distance of the Miami Heat, because Brooklyn, they're 4-6 and six in the last 10 games, but they're playing well. They're on a two-game winning streak right now. Uh, that's a team who I can see slipping further and further down um, as the season winds down. Um, but they're certainly playing hard, so they're not going to make things easy on anybody. And then right now you're looking up at the Knicks, who right now have a six-game lead on you if you're the Atlanta Hawks. And looking at it right now, a Cleveland Cavaliers, New York Knicks first-round series will be a very physical, long, <laughs> long series. Um, and I just didn't see those two teams beating each other up. But like I said, if you're the Hawks, take it one game at a time. You have to win against Miami tomorrow night. You have to win against Miami tomorrow night. So we'll see what happened there. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about one of the best podcasts covering the Atlanta Hawks out there. I know there's some great, great podcasts out there. Uh, but certainly, I'm honored that you chose me to listen to. So, you know, we're going to keep this thing going. Keep spreading the word. Uh, keep putting me on. And I will keep putting out great content covering your Atlanta Hawks. You know the drill. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself at Brad Jarrett67 on Twitter. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. We'll catch you guys probably Friday night. We're going to record, put the game out, recap the week, and look ahead to that big, big matchup on Saturday against. The Boston Celtics, which will be in Atlanta. So they'll be back here in Atlanta. So I anticipate that being a sellout crowd in a great atmosphere to welcome the Hawks back home for a three-game homestand that has Boston, Minnesota, which will be obviously another interesting team to watch here in Atlanta. And then the Golden State Warriors, who just got Steph Curry back. Uh, so like I said, it doesn't get easier, but you got to just focus on the opponent ahead of you. So with that, you guys have a wonderful week. Let's go Hawks. We'll catch you guys this weekend recapping the week. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.